one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. An amnesis. Noun. The recollection or remembrance of the past. Reminiscence. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. My name is Zam, and I'm your GM. Thank you for joining us today, and as always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. It seems that the road is safe for the moment. After handling the individual trailing them, the party takes a quick breather. But before long, they see someone else coming up the road. Is this a new threat? Travel companions are met, advice is shared, and unknown creatures are encountered. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallren, and Jory make some new friends. Having now successfully avoided two possibly very dangerous encounters on your way out of Sturthal. You start to make your way slightly north to the village of Mirith. It is not far out of your way. Oban says that it's probably another day, day and a half, if you continue at a good speed to get there. As you are breaking camp, you hear voices coming up the road. Even from afar, they seem to be casual voices having a conversation of some sort. Nehemiah immediately looks over to Smallrin, stash our friend. You look where the body was and it's not there anymore. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> Smallrin woke up early and took care of it. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Is it covered in the paint because it's not alive? <laughs> I didn't have enough paint no. for that, no. <laughs> Besides, we do want someone to find it eventually. We mm -hmm. do? We do. And Bitbit -Bit has returned to you as well. Friend has been dealt with. Friend is under some brush far enough away that we could have plausible deniability. We didn't know his body was there. Mm -hmm. The voices continue to get closer. They aren't moving quickly. This seems to be a group that is walking at a fairly comfortable pace. So by the time you have kind of sufficiently packed up, you can see them more clearly. It is a group of what looks to be five individuals. Do you wait for them to approach? I think we probably just wait for them. Anything else would probably draw attention. They're coming from the direction of the main road, correct? Or are they coming from the north? They're coming from like where you were. Okay. What would non-fugitives do? <laughs> Honestly, it wouldn't hurt to join up with another group. However, briefly, they're looking for us as a group of four or five. Do we need to come up with another fake name for everybody? Actually, on that point, question, the note that we got that was on our Dearly our visitor friend. last night, what names were on there? Were they the code names or our real names? In other words, had I spoiled it yet? <laughs> I'm trying to remember what you told Falco. You told Tanner your real names very quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what? 
I'm gonna bypass it. There were no names. No names, mm -hmm. cool. Just descriptions. Yeah, there were no names, just the physical descriptions. Okay. Which would make more sense. She's gonna assume that, you know, we potentially are giving false names anyway. A little while longer and the group approaches you. It looks like a group of younger people, mm -hmm. young adults, sure. maybe early 20s sure. at, at oldest. An individual uh, with long curly hair with some shocks of red through it, wearing a simple tunic and armband. Another person who has like the side of their head shaved with like an interesting tattoo on it, who is kind of tossing a glowing ball up and down. A short individual with very tight curly hair and a beard with like this large necklace and open flowing robe. You see a Vargellan, so very magenta purple skin with that telltale frill up the center of their head, those large yellow eyes, who seems to have like a large pack on their back. And then the one that probably sticks out the most, you see a large automaton behind them, like matches bricks in terms of size and stature, carrying a massive axe. Huh. As they approach the automaton, who again, large broad shoulders, art articulated limbs, looks very much like a warrior in every sense of the word, mm. takes the lead, isn't necessarily approaching you, but it's kind of like serving as like the, I am going to be a barrier if something goes bad here. Mm -hmm. And as that happens, the person with like the long hair with the streaks of red steps out from around side of this construct and says, you don't have to be so suspicious of everyone we see on the road, you know? <laughs> and takes a step towards you. Hi, we're just passing through. Don't mind our friend here. They're just very- Protective. Suspicious. Yes, I guess the protective would be a better word for it. <laughs> no worries. We um, completely understand. Can't be too careful on out here, eh? We did run into some bandits earlier, and that's probably why they're on high alert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you don't seem like the bandit type. We're just getting through just like y'all, looks like. Where are you headed to? Uh, Mirith. Oh, the individual who had been playing with the glowing orb with a shaved head kind of like pulls out a piece of parchment and looks at it. It's on our way. Well, I guess we're kind of going the same direction then. Mm. I was about to say, tell your friend if we appear to be following you, it might just be because we're headed that way. Well, if we're headed the same way, what do you feel about traveling together for a little while? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Jory wants to be best friends with all of them. Yeah, I gotta say, like... <laughs> This looks like every cool group of queer people I see sit down to eat dinner and talk about tabletop games, but I am far too old to engage them in conversation because they're all in their early 20s and I am rapidly approaching middle age. I mean, let's be real. This is just the other PC party. <laughs> it really, like... Th th there are parallels between the two groups that we cannot ignore. <laughs> if they're actually hunting us, I'm, we're just we're just dead. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be very sad if that happens, because yeah, they seem cool. They seem nice. The shorter individual with the necklace and open robes mm. nudges the one with the shaved head and goes, "They could afford a means. Why couldn't we? Because then we wouldn't have a single." shin to our name to continue our travels on foot is just fine, Javi. If it makes y'all feel any better, we did a whole bunch of work like last year to get the Anines. 
Like the Yanines were an investment from a while ago. That makes sense. Let me do some quick introductions. Um, I'm Javi, mm. says the person with long dark hair. This is Cash, pointing to the person with the robes. Aiden, the person with the shaved head. And Tahira, the Vargellan, who has yet to speak. Mm -hmm. And this, pointing up to the automaton, is Radius. Nice to meet y'all. Yeah. Um, I'm, real names? <laughs> uh, they're, they're out of character, out of character. Yeah, out, out of, of character. character, real names? Um, I think we would have kind of, before they came up all the way, yes. I think we would have yeah. been like, oh. Yeah, I, I think probably real names from this point on. I'm Nehemiah, this is Jory, Smallren, Brex, and Oban. It's nice to meet all of you. Um, you seem like the adventuring type. You seem like you've uh, seen some stuff. What are, you, what are you doing out in the middle of nowhere? On our way to the next adventure, I suppose. Exactly. You never know who might need help out there. Plus there's Numenera, which is interesting. Yeah, that, that's that's true. Um, not really my realm of interest, but I, you know, it, it, they do, it does good things and, and uh, use a cipher or two on occasion. <laughs> what are you all doing? Oh, we, um, so it's a little silly, but we are kind of a self-formed group of scholars. We call ourselves the uh, Solsonia. We're originally from Rarman, which is quite a bit uh, farther south, like down in the Patheran Empire. But we're actually heading up to Kai for uh, schooling. We're all hoping to find either apprenticeships or some sort of situation where we might be able to, to learn under various masters of, 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 our, of our different crafts. Um, I have a really keen interest in plants. I'm, I'm a botanist and so is Cash. Cash slowly nods. Aiden is an astronomer. I don't understand a word that she says about the stars, but it sure is pretty when they, they start mapping things out. Mm. And Tahira, they're a churgeon, which you all know is kind of like a surgeon, but like also a healer in various small communities. They would probably be seen as like a medicine person mm. of sorts, usually performing actual like medical work on people, but in larger cities, especially places like Kai or the various city centers and capitals of the Steadfast, Churgeons are known to be very skilled surgeons and known to also perform a handful of various less than normal tasks on people, like grafting things onto them, like working in biomechanical endeavors, melding animal and human together. They're still learning a, a whole lot, but honestly, probably the most skilled among any of us. Mm. And Radius is our hired help. We're not really the fighting sort. Mm. Uh, we all typically have our noses in one book or another. So I uh, figured it would probably be a little bit safer to have someone who knew their way around a blade mm -hmm. <laughs> more than we do. I think Nehemiah just kind of relaxes a little bit and is like, yeah, you know, if you want to, like Jory said, we're just kind of in between jobs at the moment, we figured we'd hit up somewhere a little bit smaller to kick up our feet for a day or two before figuring out where we're going next. You know, if you don't mind the company, we'd be happy to go along with. Absolutely. Uh, we're probably going to need to rest at some point anyway. And you said Mirith is where you were headed? That, that sounds like a nice little place. Yeah. Haven't been myself. Looking forward to, you know, especially after Sturthal and all of that. Oh, you're from Sturthal? Uh, passed through briefly. Oh. Briefly. It's too big. It's a lot. I hear it's just a little bit smaller th than Kai. Rarman, although it is the capital of, of the Pythera Empire, it is not nearly as big as uh, some of those. Um, 
the Empress would like it to be larger, mm-hmm. but you know how it goes. You're completely packed up now. Mm-hmm. And you kind of start on your way with this other group alongside you. Do you ride your anines or do you walk alongside them? Walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Smarn's going to take the opportunity to ride, gesturing at the bandage that has suddenly appeared on one of her arms. <laughs> Smarn refuses to walk. Amazing. Smaller, you stay atop one of the needs and the others, you kind of like tie them together in a row so that they'll just follow each other while everyone else walks for this section of things. It is quickly apparent that Javi does not shut up. <laughs> she just talks and talks and talks and talks about anything. And so any conversation that anyone would like to have, she is more than happy to engage. Sure. I am standing up there <laughs> with her. Is there. Talking just as much. <laughs> I did have mushrooms I could have showed you, but I had to get rid of them. Mushrooms? Yes. Why did you have to get rid of... Wait, 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 wait. I forget. Do, do you grow mushrooms? I don't. Are you, a, are you a mycologist? No, I'm not, but you know I should be. Wait a minute. I did a little bit, but I just dabbled. Have you ever dabbled in mycology? I, no, I have. I have. Like I said, botany is kind of my main thing, but like mushrooms are, are somewhat adjacent. You know, fungus is has some similar qualities. So yeah, absolutely. I Wow, that's really cool. If you don't have them with you, that's unfortunate. No, I don't. But maybe I could find some more one day and then I could bring them to you and you could... That would be really great. I would love to take a look at them. I really, what I is looking into different plants live in symbiosis together um, because there are some really cool ecosystems out there that like the plants just like live together in like literally perfect harmony like these little biomes just little mini areas where they're just, the plants are just so happy and like I would love to recreate that if we could find a way to like just make that like everywhere if we could just have like perfect plant harmony across the steadfast you know how much better our lives would be? so much better <laughs> Nehemiah leans over to Aiden's like isn't dabbling in mycology just letting food go bad <laughs> You get a chuckle from Aiden. They say, <laughs> well, yes, technically. <laughs> uh, you said your name was Nehemiah? Yeah. You're the fighting sort? Uh, kind of gestures to the sword spear on your back? Yeah, I, I, I've done a fight or two. Actively not looking at the Anine aware of the butcher's cleaver is strapped to the side underneath some blankets until we clear several days of travel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In all honesty, mm. you guys have seen a lot, haven't you? Yeah, we all came together different ways, but uh, it's been a while, couple of years. You know, it's usually a couple of months of excitement punctuated by stretches of quiet, which is good. You need it when you're seeing a lot, but we're not in one of those quiet stretches right now. Mm. Are you in danger? No more than usual. (laughs) Such a perfectly vague answer. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm the only one save Radius Mm. of this group that actually understands the dangers that the Steadfast holds in between the major settlements. Mm. But I think I just read different books than them. Possible. Better that way, you know? Yeah. I've done a lot of traveling and, you know, I've done plenty of missions and whatnot. I've done plenty of hikes where I hadn't seen a soul. But it only takes one, you know? Yeah. This is the first that uh, any of us have really left Armin before. Sure. So, mm. been a decent journey so far. Mm-hmm. Kai, that's a bit of a hike here yet. Y'all got your, you know, acceptance and all that ironed out? Yes and no. 
My mentor back in Rarman made a connection for me up with uh, one of the Ori's, one of the uh, planetariums up there. Mm-hmm. Javi and Cash are hoping to meet up with the Saracenians. It's a, a widespread group of scholars that... Uh, they're into plants. I think it's a cult, but they don't want to listen to me about it. Oh, all right. They know a lot, and it is a great group of botanists, but um, to me, it seems that they borderline worship the plants. I've seen people worship otter things. That's fair. Tahira doesn't have any connections up there yet, mm. but given their skills, I don't think it'll be hard to make them. Not super chatty, are they? They dealt with a lot back in Rarman. I mean, a lot of places still aren't particularly Virgilian friendly. Sure. They talk when needed. Fair enough. Hoping that Kai offers a lot of opportunities for us. I mean, look, you're doing 80% of the work just by going there. You know, you gotta, you gotta give yourself the opportunities to have the opportunities, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Smallrin, do you end up talking to anybody? I think that she actually spends her time side saddle on the Anine just because they're mm -hmm. all in a line and they're all kind of going on their own. So she's facing the rest of the group as they're walking beside the Anine, but also has a view behind us and is kind of keeping an eye out behind and also using her Ogrim orb to catalog as many details about all of the newcomers as she can. Just seeing who actually has any weapons on them, what it is they're carrying, how they interact with each other, paying particular attention to Radius, just because they seem like the most visible threat of the party. Sure. The main four, they're clearly longtime friends. Um, you would hazard a guess that they even grew up together. They have a familiarity about them that is very, very casual, almost familial. Minus Radius, of course. Radius is clearly the hired help. Does Radius talk at all? Radius hasn't said much. Sure. Has said a couple of words here and there okay. to people, but has not engaged in any conversation. Does talk, mm -hmm. but is not a talker. But this, clearly a different situation than Brex. Yes. Okay. And, in, and the more that you look at this scenario, Brex is a suit of armor mm -hmm. with a soul somehow connected. Yeah. No, Radius mm -hmm. is a construct, like is a robot, yeah. is a, an automaton yeah. of sorts, clearly fabricated mm -hmm. to be this form. Yeah, it, it, it's Alphonse Elric versus a Warforged. Yes. For the very specific anime fans, that, that Full Metal Alchemist is mainstream enough. Oh yeah. <laughs> I should watch that again. You all continue on having your various conversations and just like kind of getting to know these young travelers. Even outside of what Aiden said to Nehemiah, it's pretty clear to all of you that these folks are just starting out. There is a level of not just optimism, but almost naivete about them. They don't necessarily know the dangers of where they're headed, and they've known the safety of the walls of a major city for most of their lives. They are a little bit in awe of clearly what your experience is, but also just completely unaware to what that experience might actually have been. Mm. As you are feasibly getting closer to Mirith, I need everybody to roll me perception level four. Success with a 16. Success with a 20. Success with a 12. You all hear something running towards you. You all turn and see 
just in time, like across the plains, like diagonal to the road that you're on, a creature of some sort running for you kind of like bursts onto the road and then attacks Javi. Oh. <laughs> this creature has the head and like bulbous shape and tentacles of a squid attached onto an iguana-like reptilian body with these really muscular, though still vaguely reptilian legs that are just like digging into the ground as running and it just runs up to Javi and wraps those tentacles around her legs and drags her down onto the ground. Well, I'm gonna do something about that. Yep. Okay, go ahead and roll initiative real fast just to see who goes before or after this creature. 18 for Nehemiah. Okay. Two for Smallrin. 11. (laughs) Okay, so everyone but Smallrin, so, Jory and Nehemiah, you'll be going before this. Other people are starting to react as well. But in this moment, Jory, what do you do? I used my staff mm-hmm. and faced it mm-hmm. inside the creature and yanked it back out to kind of cause a internal to external damage of some kind. I think that's cool. Go ahead and roll a might level four. Okay. Well, success with an 18. So what exactly does this look like? I am going to very quickly kind of slam the whole staff across the tentacle, the array of tentacles in between Harvey and the head and jump on it, honestly, using it like a barbell sort of thing. So I I just, I'm trying to pin all of its tentacles to the ground so that it will release her. So like kind of just like using the the staff to like slam it down, like across the, like if grabbing tentacles, like you're going across. Yes. So you bring your staff kind of down across the tentacles and this squid-like face that is holding on to her. She is screaming at this point, just completely flailing about and absolutely hysterical. How much damage does that do normally? It's four, right, that you do? I believe it's four, plus I do get two as well. mm -hmm, So a total of six damage. It does let go and it kind of gives this like squelching, guttural sound. I make that sound back at it. (laughs) Okay. Nehemiah. Okay. Yeah, Nehemiah will turn away from his conversation and sword spear out, just dive at this thing. For sure. What's the difficulty again? Four. Four. Cool. I will go ahead and spend for effort and roll. That's a success with a 15. You hit it. Six damage, correct? Yes. Yeah, and it is just immediate, you know, probably still having that conversation with Aiden, sees this is going down, does not even, like, stop the conversation, uh, like, officially, mm-hmm. and just spear out, dives in, trying to, like, push the thing further out. Yeah, you easily, like, stab it and kind of, like, shove it back mm-hmm. a little bit farther away from the group at large. And before anyone else really has a chance to react, um, Radius actually comes in with that ax and slices its head off, cool. finishing the job. Nice. And everyone kind of takes a deep <sighs> breath for a moment. I help Javi back up. What in the world was that thing? Was is the appropriate uh, adjective at this point. Oh, wow. Um, deep breaths. <laughs> Deep breaths. Did any of us recognize that? Is this a creature we've encountered before? No. This looks 
really weird. This is not something that anyone has ever seen before or really heard of. And Simone, as you have kind of like seen this entire thing from above, you notice that there is like a collar. I knew on this it. Thing. This was I knew this was gonna be some sort of pet. <laughs> Smallrin slides down off of the anine and kind of makes her way through the group over to it and crouches down directly next to the body, using one of her daggers to kind of push things aside to see the collar, see if there's anything on it, any sort of identifying marker. Nothing that you recognize. The collar just seems to be some sort of like piece of Numenera, hard to say exactly what it is without like taking it apart and really examining it. But it is not like a collar you would put around a pet. Potentially some form of control or... Could be something that is controlled, could be some sort of tracker, could be a situation where this is a device that sends commands or something like that. We may not know what this is, but somebody does. And I'm given that the head was sliced off, I'm assuming Smallring could pretty easily slip the collar off its neck. Yep. Gonna take it, use a spare bit of cloak to remove whatever viscera is <laughs> dripping on it, and tuck it into her pack, just... Also, we're far too close to Mirith for this to not be something they're aware of. Whether or not it's friendly to them, someone's going to know what it is. We should uh, keep a low profile about this one. If somebody had a collar on it, then... Uh... Somebody probably wanted to keep track of it, which I think we were clearly within our rights to do what needed doing, but I don't want to be the one to explain that to somebody who might think this name's as fluffy. Aiden speaks up. Kind of a weird pet to keep. You're going to meet a lot of weird people in the next couple of weeks. Clearly. It also very likely isn't a pet per se, but... It may have been an experiment, it may be a tool, it may be a watchdog. Better that we not ruffle feathers until we know exactly what it is it means to the people of Mirith. Tahira kind of appears near the corpse of this creature, and for like the first time, you hear them speak very quietly. Is there anyone who would be upset if I took samples of this? Have at it. They nod and kneel down and start rather expertly carving parts of this animal up and putting various things in small vials, bottles, and even like a small box of some sort. Mm. Smaller and approves. <laughs> Nehemiah will look over to Radius. Good work. Thank you. If you don't mind me asking, uh, what got you into this line of work? Something to pass the time. Good a reason as any. Leaving the corpse of this creature behind, you continue on to Merith. Mm -hmm. I'll go up to Javi as we get moving again. You doing all right, kid? Ooh, yeah. Um, we've we've encountered some like creatures and things on our trip, and like <laughs> once had a bit of a run-in with bandits. Um, that was not great. Um, but that's the first time anything has outright attacked me, like ever. I mean, really ever in my entire life, anything has outright attacked me. Um, and I don't know if that might ever. Uh, does, does your heart rate normally stay this high during the entire thing? Um, does that ever come back down? It'll come back down. Give it a little bit. First time's always roughest. Cause I'm not gonna lie, I feel like I'm gonna pass out. <laughs> and I'm gonna be honest, you might. Like, and that's okay. That's okay. okay. First, like, 
10 or so times that it happens, you might experience that a bit, but it, I hate to say it, but eventually you get used to it. Now, hopefully you never have to get used to it, but... Um, Plants are so much better. Even the carnivorous ones aren't nearly that problematic. Oh, wow. Okay. So <laughs> maybe, uh, you know, if situation presents itself, I can run some of you through some some safety drills here just in case sure y'all seem sure. to work well together y'all should learn how to protect each other a bit too okay yeah that that's probably a, a good idea yeah and cash kind of comes up would it be okay if she rides one of the anine for the last little of bit of course i've got the perfect one for you <laughs> And Jory brings Box Ladder up for Javi to ride. After kind of recollecting yourself and calming down, you eventually reach Mirith. It's a small village, and it doesn't take you long to find a place to stay while you're here. It's a very simple looking inn. It has a small stable off to the side where you can get your anine tied up, and you find a couple rooms for yourself. You settle in for a little bit before trying to figure out what this creature was, what you're going to do in Merith, and how you're going to proceed. Game. Yay. Wee. This is like the opposite of last game. Right? right. We so met some friends. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to episode 105 of Imprinted Echoes and Amnesis. As always, if you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website, imprintedechoes.com. On our website, you can find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store and our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I'd like to thank Ice Deer Brewing, JJ and Veronica, and Carlin for their continued support. If you'd like to help us out in other ways, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review, and tell a friend about our show. You can also find our hosts on Twitter, myself at Covered in Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media, at GLM Pods. Thank you once again for listening, and I hope you'll be back in two weeks to hear yet another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley and is edited by Alex Berkowitz. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.